What are we talking about today, guys? Uh, I don't know. It's been so long. I can't remember how to do it. I know. So, you know. Eric, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. You you were the man just, with all the, the you just like that? Yeah. Just like just go for what it. Are we, what are we talking about? Like what well, you know it always takes me till about right after that first official visit weekend where I'm like, okay, I'm back in. Because you're always just like you go to the spring game and you're like, Okay, that was fun, but I know that football is a long ways away. Right. I know that we're really not gonna have any news because First of all, it's Fort Knox in that facility, so you don't really hear anything. And then you have a big dead period where they're doing finals and, you know, they're not really, they don't really have practice or anything. So you're just like, okay, there's really nothing going to happen. None of these position battles are going to be decided. We're not going to know nothing about nothing until the fall. Well, where we're hearing, oh, this guy looks good. This is probably who's going to be the starter, blah, blah, blah. And then you can start like really getting into it but i really start getting into it and start getting my hopes up and kind of going like okay i'm ready for football after that first official visit weekend because you start hearing of guys who are thinking about committing and then like all that other stuff and then and you go like oh football's gonna be here in two months like football's gonna be here in two months two months i mean a little bit over two months but two months did you know that kevin yeah, it usually takes me till after Big Twelve Media Days comes. But oh yeah, what what we're full steam ahead after Big now, Twelve. Now, Media now the worst part, wouldn't you guys say, is <laughs> like Eric, you just laid out all of the issues that we have waiting for us all summer long, the unknowns and everything. Well, right now we don't even know who is and is not in trouble on our roster over some uh, gambling thing that's vague as all get out. Like, we'll get to that. We'll I get mean, to that. <laughs> another wrinkle in. I, yeah, I can't down. even figure out a win-loss right now. Calm down. So we'll get to all the win-losses and all that. Hopefully, I do have hopefully, some insight, but it's a we can wait. Uh, 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 so anyway, <laughs> we'll uh we'll get to that in a little bit because that is depressing, and I don't want to be depressed right now. Yeah, me either. I I don't. Want also, to I have. <laughs> <laughs> the signs already happening so i kind of want to i kind of want to ask you guys a question about and this it's centered around why my optimism is so freaking high about iowa state football right now and it always is this time of year we're going 12 and 0 well i, I feel care. like you've been so positive i mean last last season was just it was fun to see i guess of that last season sucked okay yeah, period but i think with <laughs> the new staff, the new the new recruits coming on, and some of these JUCOs, and obviously the new strength and conditioning. I think we do have some positive insight as to what's going to happen this fall. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if like twelve and zero, but maybe maybe high up there. Just depends with all the new guys coming in with the conference changes, like BYU. Oh, live a little. Since live he... a little. Hey, I don't know. A loss to you and I. Hey, hey, hey! Live a little. Come on. <laughs> Be a riverboat gambler. Let's go. Oh, yeah. You... Anyway, so I have a question, though. Well, but in this is centered around why my optimism is so high, so freaking high right now. Okay. Tell me, like, three teams in the past decade. Let's go past decade. You could probably go past two decades. But tell me three teams that have been just 
really stinking good for the past decade or two decades. Or or recently. Just mm-hmm. tell me some teams that have been really, really, really good. Well, yeah, try, tried and true, consistent. It, 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 it could either be consistent or they could have a really, really high point right now um, or sometime. And just tell, tell me what those teams are. Well, TCU did pretty well last year. No, I'm talking about TCU. They're they're a fraud. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll start you out. I'd say Oklahoma, except that I don't have much faith in that. Well, I'm, I'm talking. I'm not the best at setting up questions. I'm talking about the whole country. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about the Alabama, whole dude. That's that's a no. Alabama, Alabama is number. Alabama is yes, yes. They're the answer. One of the answers. There's a couple more teams. You could yeah, also Ohio throw State. George. Yeah, Ohio you could throw State. Ohio State. You could throw Georgia in there. Yeah, Oregon. Recent, recently, Michigan, Oregon in there, especially earlier in the 2010s. Those are the teams where I'm like, they are the class of the sport. We if you're going to be, if you're going to be a homer or, or not a homer, you're going to be a, a bandwagon fan and just find a team that always wins. You're going to go for Ohio State. You're going to go for. Alabama, Georgia, one of those teams. In the mid in the mid 2010s, you could have gone for Clemson. They're just going to always win. Okay. Now, what are some teams? I promise there's there's a third question, but I promise this is getting somewhere. What are a couple what are, tell me some teams that seem like they always overachieve? Overachieve. Overachieve. Who are some teams where you're just like I don't know where you like they don't have players, they don't have any talent, but they always win. I would say eight, Utah. nine, eight, nine, ten games. Utah's a great one. Mm-hmm. Utah's a great one. That's one of them that I'm thinking of. Who are some other teams? <laughs> There's a couple that are really close to us. I know. I don't want to say that name though. Um, okay, I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Iowa. Yep. There's another one that's really close. They wear purple. No. North K-State. 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 All right. And there's one more. There's one more that's also pretty close to us. I would probably categorize them as a little bit better, but they still win way more games than they should with the talent that they have. I mean, they rarely have a quarterback. Rarely have a quarterback. Who the hell are you Wisconsin. talking about? Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. I said that. Oh, you did? Okay, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm drawing a blank, but I thought I said that. But I mean, yeah, yeah. that's true. I don't know. So you could. So we have the best teams in the sport, which are Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and you have teams that always overachieve, always win more games than they should. In Iowa, Wisconsin, Kansas State, Utah. Third question: What do those teams have in common? Good coaching staff. Same coach. A little bit, a little bit more specific than well, that. Like I, the, the coaching, this they have stability in the coaching staff because they don't really migrate. I don't know, migrate or move around. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I know where you're going with this, but yes, there's there's, <laughs> there's a point there's one in your thing questions. in particular. There's one thing in particular that I'm looking at. Yes, all these teams have really have really good coaching staffs. So, I mean, that's that's part of the reason why they're at where they're at. But what specifically? I, I don't. I don't pay that much attention to Utah or 
Okay. The SEC in general, but I'm assuming they all own the trenches more games than not. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It just makes life so much easier. You watch Kansas State, you're like, why is this five foot five dude running all over us? <laughs> well, he didn't he didn't run over us. But why is this because we have a really good defensive line? But why is this five foot five dude destroying everybody? Why is why is some no names like off the shelf running backs at Iowa just getting four yards every play? Mm-hmm. How do they win the games that you just like? Spencer Petrus is trash. They won ten games in twenty twenty one with a broken water pistol at quarterback. I mean, that dude, man. Shoot. Pathetic. Wisconsin putting up 10 points a game. Well, yeah, yeah, that helps. But also, they have a good offensive line. Wisconsin has a good offensive line like every year. Kansas State always has a good offensive line. Utah has a good offensive line. What is Iowa State? Why, like, why hasn't Iowa State ever been able to win? In in prior years, I've I've never really jumped on hearing the coaching staff talk about how improved their line play is because I Mm -hmm. I've just been growing up on hearing that line and then finding out I got lied to. This year feels different though. Well, (laughs) maybe that's just me falling for it again. But this year feels different. Like, I mean, it's ever been since. I've been been a fan of Iowa State. Ever since I've been a fan of Iowa State, I've watched our offensive line just kind of suck. They were <laughs> okay in 2015, but the defense was terrible. Mm-hmm. You need both sides of the ball. The defense, they were okay in 2015 at run blocking, not at pass blocking, but it didn't really matter for pass blocking because they didn't have a quarterback. And maybe they were okay in 2011, but right. I don't know. They had one guy who was really good. I mean, it couldn't be, it couldn't necessarily be that our recruits are always underwhelming. I mean, there are other programs. No, no. I mean, there are other programs that wanted these guys too, year over year over year. I mean, offensive line is like the one position that they always talk about of like, oh, that guy grew up on a farm, zero stars, went to Podunk school and became an NFL Hall of Famer. It's like that happens more often than not for, for offensive linemen where you're just like, oh, that guy came from where? And he did what? And now he's an All-American? Okay. You don't really hear that with quarterbacks. You don't really hear that with running backs and wide receivers and stuff where they went to nowhere, were totally underwhelming recruit, nobody wanted them. And then they go to a school. I mean, it happened at UNI a couple of times with Ryan Clanton. Well, and I think the thing is, too, like, we had such a strong team, like, COVID year. I don't know what changed, mm-hmm. but I just think after this past season, obviously everything hit the fan, but I think with offense, I think offense is sometimes underlooked a little bit just because the big guys, we need more depth. And I feel mm-hmm. like sometimes we don't have that depth. And if you're not building that strong relationship, like I know Campbell strives to build a relationship with these all these players and athletes, and they try to make it a team, a family environment, mm-hmm. which is so good. But at the same time, it's like we need to – look at our own line and be like, hey, we need more depth. We need more. What do we need here? What do we need, like, right or left? Like, that's just mm-hmm. probably something they need to look more at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that one of the things that they said earlier on in the spring was 
when Ryan Clanton came in, they said, like, how are you going to build this? Like, they kind of were asking, like, how are you going to build this line, blah, 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 how long is it going to take? And he kind of alluded to, oh, we have a lot of good talent here already. I, I believe him. I agree with him. I thought we had really good talent. We have guys like like James Neal and Dalen Hayser. They may not they may not be starting this year, but they're they're definitely depth depth guys. They're really good, and obviously we have most of our line coming back. So I I really was like, these guys have either have experience against Big Twelve teams or, you know, they're really talented young guys, and we'll be able to see them. I knew that we had the depth there. It's not like the Paul Rhodes days where you're just like. We don't have any scholarship tight ends on the roster. It's not like that anymore where, like, Patrick Scroggins was the only guy that you could play, a guy who's not even six feet tall and going to play offensive guard. No, we we have guys there. It's just like, I mean, we're not going to well, rip on a guy who's actually yeah, pretty but good. The thing is, like, I just think – I really do think <laughs> the season has, a, like, a positive outlook just yeah. because – the coaches and I do think that they have established that family and dynamic a little bit better and mm-hmm. I mean it seems just from my sources and stuff it just seems that they are a little happier and kind of in a better mindset and they feel mm-hmm. positive and comfortable because these guys need to feel that they have a solid ground and if they feel questionable with the coach then they're going to be questioning their yeah, yeah. and that's the biggest uh, thing. I the biggest takeaway that I had going into the spring game, and this is why I'm so excited, this is why I bring up this topic, is because we, for the first time, I've gone to a spring game and went, wow, they're actually giving the defense fits. Like, I've, I've been going to spring yeah. games ever since the Paul Rhodes days and stuff, and you'd never see an offensive player do anything because they couldn't move anywhere. They couldn't run. Our offensive line couldn't do anything. And and even, I'll say it, even last year, in 20, 2022, holy smokes, when they had the little the little practices at the high schools and stuff. Oh, yeah, and Gilbert. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting right next to Kevin at the Gilbert one, and we're like, these running backs can't do anything. <laughs> that, that wasn't very much fun. <laughs> and, and Kevin – the ever optimist, bless his heart, was like, maybe our defense is just so good. Well, well they were good. What do you think about, like, the running backs this year, like, with Eli and Cortavius? I mean, do you think there's going to be a little, like, tension? I mean, Cortavius well, had a surgery or something, and he's coming off, but... Well, just... I'm not going to jump the gun yet. Okay. Because I think Jirel had a very, very impressive spring game. Yeah. And as of today... And we may be foreshadowing stuff. As of today, <laughs> Tyrell is our running back one. He had a very, very good spring game. Right. And I'm very enthused by what I saw with him in the spring game. He was awesome. I, I hate when you put things in the NCAA's hands. Uh-huh. It's like we're just talking about maybes and hypotheticals right now. Why are you trying to bring me down? <laughs> you, you're what trying, you, trying to do that. I'm, I'm over here going like, I can't wait for the things that we're going to do. I'm just, I'm just like, the NCAA is going to ruin your life. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm very enthused by the offensive line. I thought they looked awesome. Obviously, when we get later in the summer, we're going to start doing the previews of stuff. But I was, 
I was very enthused by what I saw. I also thought that we have some we have some good wide receivers and tight ends. Right. Um, our quarterbacks. I think I was very enthused by what I saw from JJ Cole. I think that he's the future. Um, 100%. So, yeah. I I think Rocco could have something to say about that. Yeah, Rocco looks very good, too. The the thing is, I have no idea. I'm watching them. I'm like, they all look pretty good. Rocco's just really tiny compared to JJ, and I feel like that might be a little disadvantage. But Rocco, I mean, he's good still. Everybody's tiny compared to JJ. Okay, that's, yeah, that's. Yeah, good night. (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> anyway, I I don't know. I guess it, it should be interesting, and I'm excited to see where everything's gonna come about and see what happens with everything going on. Yeah. Well, what is going on, assuming, Well, assuming Cartavius can stay healthy, I think you're talking about three backs there that we need that we know are capable of moving the ball. Mm-hmm. This was this is what I was talking about earlier. Wait, I'm wait, wait. So... Back, wait. Back to this JJ thing. Do you think? Okay, okay so, so obviously he's he's fresh blood. Yeah. Okay. Do you think, yeah. Like possibly, possibly the coaches would put their faith in him, even though he's so young. That would be hard. What what I would say, and I've heard this from, <laughs> I've heard this from people close themselves, and it's the same thing that. Campbell always said, but it's that he he would rather play a player too late than too early. Yep, and we've heard that from him, but I've heard this specifically from uh-huh. talking to people close to JJ. Okay. Is that that's what Campbell said? And you know what? We might see him. We might see him year one. Who knows? But he'll have to be really ready for to go out there, um, because I it I. The, yeah, the last thing you want to do is I'm not saying that that Hunter Deckers isn't someone who can come back from it or not, but you don't want to run the risk of you saw Hunter Deckers in September playing completely different than mm-hmm. Hunter Deckers in November. Right. Yeah. And if you did that to a true freshman quarterback, you, just you might kill his him career. Up. You'll kill his career. Yeah. That's what I worry about. That's what I worry about with our kicker. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not going to go on and bash a guy. I think that he he did. No, the best it's just th- there is a head game. In, in the, <laughs> like that is he is. I I want to take that kid and embrace him and just go, dude. It's all right. It's all right. It's okay because we put you in a shitty situation. Well, most of these most of these guys through high school, they didn't feel these kinds of adversities. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how you make it to the next level. They were all big shots in high school, and then they come to Big 12 and D1, and it's like, oh, oh, shoot. Like, I'm up against all the really big shots that were in my other conferences and leagues, and that's when adversity hits. But Mm -hmm. I do do feel bad for Jace just because, like, that was a hard – I mean, it it was not easy for everyone, but – I do think he has bounced back from that and that, you know, the team was there for him and it was really nice that Brock Purdy, like, reached out to him Mm -hmm. and, you know, and I mean, really, he is a kid and that kind of did a little bit mess up his reputation, but, like, it's it's his first, I would say, his go-around, but I think if he's in a better place that things will be better for him. Uh Yeah, because you definitely need... Well, (laughs) at the end of the day, like you say, 
the the rest of the team didn't miss any of the kicks that he may have, that he missed, but it's still a team sport. They put him in the position that they put him in because they failed. Right. I, so talking about that a little bit more in terms of JJ is mm-hmm. uh, I went to his games and he, he performed like a lot of other kids. It's very, very rare to see a kid mess up in a game and totally bounce back from it and clear their mind and just not even think about what just happened. It's very, very rare. Usually you see the guy take a couple of plays to adjust, either get really mad that it happened and they might overcorrect, might be overaggressive and get sloppy, or they just wither away and die and don't play well for quite a bit. I saw it last year with JJ when he threw a really bad pick early in the first game of the first game of the season um, against Waukee. He threw a really bad pick and then he threw like two more picks that he probably could have avoided. They weren't as bad, but he probably could have avoided them. That first pick, he like went for the end zone and he threw it a little short and the guy picked it off. And I think it rattled him a little bit. But then he came back the second half and destroyed that team. So I, I it, it takes guys, it takes everyone a couple of seconds to bounce back and understand, like, hey, I made a mistake. Uh, how do I correct it? How do I not let it – how do I not feel like I let my entire team down by making that mistake? And what do we do now? How do I get that out of my head? It takes guys quite a bit of time. This It really took Hunter Deckers a long time last year mm-hmm. to forget those mistakes. Brock Purdy was kind of unique where he would forget them pretty quickly, but it still took him some time. He still Every time he threw an interception or something, it still took him a little bit of time to get back in his rhythm. Sure. And that's the one thing that I'm like, this is why you can't throw a freshman out there. Because if he if it's just too fast for him and he starts making mistake after mistake, you're going to give him the yips and his career will be done. You could end a guy's career in three games if he makes enough mistakes. I mean, that's what happened to Alex Padilla at Iowa. He looked okay, and then he started making mistakes and just totally fell off a cliff. Yeah, folded up. Just folded. Just said, all right, I'm going to leave. <laughs> eh, this sucks. So, yeah, it's not like they put them in good positions to succeed, though, over there. They just, it's a terrible program. Anyway, so, yeah, we might see J.J. this year if something were to happen to Hunter or other quarterbacks, maybe if, if J.J. beats out Rocco. But it would be really difficult to see them just chuck J.J. out there and send him to the Wolves. No, every I, year in the season. Well, didn't we just pick up a four-star uh, Juco something? Oh, I think that I think that Rocco and JJ are ahead of him. Yep. So I think that from from what I know, he was there because we lost uh shoot, what's that guy's name? Cook. Uh, Cook. We lost Ashton Cook right. because he had he had to medically retire. Right. So we needed a guy to fit in the room and guy who's who's had experience or at least has been around a collegiate program and kind of knew how to behave in a collegiate program. We can't have two true freshmen in there when we only have possibly one other guy. So 
we got a guy who could run the ball. He's he's a guy who can run the ball very much very similar to Joel Lanning, where you're not gonna be wowed by his arm, but you know he can do multiple things. So you probably don't even know who Joel Lanning is. No, I don't. I'm too I'm too young. Man, Kevin. We have a lot of work to do, Kevin. <laughs> well <laughs> So Joel Lanning. To tell you real quick, Joel Lanning was a quarterback at Iowa State. I think he won state wrestling. He was a quarterback at Iowa State in like 2013 to 2017. Okay. But he was – so he played – he started, I believe, in 2015. Maybe I'm getting my dates mixed up. But he was never really – he was never really any good. And then 2016 came around. He started at the beginning of the year, but then he got benched for a guy named Jacob Park. So what happened in that off? And he would always we'd bring him in to be the like a wildcat running back. So he'd like carry the ball, but he would give the threat of he could throw the ball too. And he rushed for five touchdowns or so against Patrick Mahomes' uh, Texas Tech team in 2016. <laughs> so everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious!" So we thought that he was going to be relegated to that position where he only just runs the ball ever, and people called him the land ram and whatever. The app that next season, he uh, he uh, decided to transition to um, middle linebacker. Middle linebacker, and we all thought this is going to be a failure. This is going to be terrible, and he ended up being all conference. <laughs> he was great. A really good middle linebacker. <laughs> It's like, like I remember them showing like the videos of him in spring practice. I was like, this dude looks totally out of place. This is going to fail badly because whenever we've moved guys around from position after they couldn't get playing time at their their previous position, you know, it was tough. It was tough, but he worked out, and we've had a couple other guys since work out. So I'm. Well, I'm, that was that was yeah. previous regime there. But, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That in that year, we, that's the year that we transitioned from the four-two uh, to the three-three because Joel Lanning, like, he needed to be in the middle. He couldn't really be a side-to-side linebacker. He wasn't fast enough. Yeah. But when we put him in the middle, he he looked really good, and he got all conference. So. Well, what, how do you think we're going to do this year, Kevin? <laughs> well, I told you before all of this uh, this gambling stuff came out that I thought we were going to go eight and four. Mm-hmm. But if you make me go game by game ever, I'm going to probably have us going ten and two. Okay, but that's just because I have prejudices against certain teams. We'll go game by game in a little bit. But so I, I don't know. I still want to believe in eight and four. I, you know, I think if if you look at last season, and uh, like, I, I punch my wall. Like, you look at how many of those stupid close losses we had. If we, if we, if we decide to score two more points against Kansas State, yeah. if we decide to make a field goal against Kansas, not trying to bash anybody, but if we decide to make a field goal, shouldn't even put it in the field goal field goal team's hands because they kept missing them that game. 
we could not run them out there again. They're going to miss it again. Anyway, am I still mad? Maybe a little bit. Beat Kansas. Beat Kansas State. Decide to finish the game against Oklahoma State. Holy cow. And actually punched in the end zone against Texas Tech. We're eight and four. Yep. But we couldn't do it. Catch I'm that, not even talking catch about that, how we got catch that beat ball down in Austin. Maybe. Uh, even, yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, right some wrongs in that Baylor game that we lost I mean, by it, four points. Yeah. On. It's a bunch of woulda, shoulda, coulda. No, but yeah, well, that's that's floppy football. I mean, that is Iowa State fandom right there. Wouldas, shouldas, and couldas. <laughs> floppy football. Floppy <laughs> football. So yeah, it was all right there. There was all right there, waiting for us to take it. We could have been nine and three if we got out of our own freaking way. But uh, but an improved offensive line will go a long ways into. Oh yeah. That's why I'm so optimistic. I'm like, if we have an offensive line, we probably win a lot of those games. Well, but I think it's going to help the quarterback because they're going to be able to like run the ball and. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything will get easier for everybody. Right. Everything. And, that, and that's easier. a team sport. That's how it's rather than defending the. Oh my gosh. Relying on like defense and them like you like, scrambles to have the fits. Yeah. Yeah. But well, we need a quarterback that. Just, I'm, exactly. not, I'm not. I'm not going to get into that. I'm no, not going to get no. into that. Let's try to. try to be optimistic. Let's try to be optimistic. Holy cow! Like, it's a run straight, dude. Anyway, I think. <laughs> I think this season we're either going to be eight and four or seven and five. I. Oh, oh, Kevin, she's thinking right now. It's June. You're thinking we're going seven and five, dude. Oh. <laughs> I just Kevin. Kevin, I, I don't know about this. Hey, man. I. I, I I I I said eight, I said eight and four. I have a hard. <laughs> if, if you're not telling me if, nine, if you ask me what I if, yeah, if you ask me what I truly believe, <laughs> it's gonna be more outrageous than eight and four. So that's why I temper my things down. Yeah, yeah. That's because I'm an idiot. We're we're it, 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 uh, we're not trying to be the smart ones. We're not trying to be right on this podcast. No, I want to have fun. No, we're having fun. <laughs> we're going twelve and zero. My dream season. I I know this much. We're three and zero going into conference play. Hell yeah! Hell that's, yeah! That's easy money. With a line, absolutely. Just I don't care. I don't care who Cave McNamara is. I don't care. I, I Iowa. Also, <laughs> Iowa I can, has never killed us with a quarterback. I I can also tell you that you and I is spending their entire summer working up how they're going to scheme their team just to beat Iowa state and not anybody else. <laughs> like yeah. you talk about a game that has some heat on it. Like, <laughs> I mean, our, I our, go our, to... our defensive uh, line better be ready for that. What do you, yeah. What do you think about like the TCU game? Like, how do you think that will go out? That one, it really depends on what they look like at the beginning of the season. Like, do they have a quarterback that can play? Did they have much turnover? Many, I don't. I, I they don't had. Know. They had some significant turnover. Yeah, they've lost a lot of wide receivers. They lost their quarterback, obviously. Um, they probably lost some other guys. I don't really know. They they lost some some defensive players, so they have to fill some holes. Yeah, they probably have the ability to fill some holes because they went to the national championship and they have mattress Mac money, but. <laughs> 
They have a stadium want... smaller than a Texas high school, but they've got Mattress Mac. Mattress freaking Mac. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Yeah, we need somebody just to throw around stupid we, money. We need a crooked Texas businessman who loves our program. Well, no, he sell, he's an honest mattress salesman selling it. Oh, all. sure he is. Sure he is. <laughs> It's mattress salesman. You ever met a mattress salesman, Kevin? Honest well, not, is not, not one that lexicon. has that much kind of money. Yeah, honest is not in their lexicon, okay? Anyway. <laughs> you'll sleep 10 hours in this thing. You'll be so mad because you'll be missing work all the time. You'll be sleeping so good. <laughs> you need one. Maybe you'll sleep 25 hours a day. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Come on. What the hell are we talking about? Well, we're uh, all <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, so but I can throw I, out the TCU game. Speaking about speaking about the uh, another purple team, the UNI Panthers. Oh gosh. I uh, you're darn right. They're scheming how they're going to beat Iowa State in the well, specifically they always do Ryan, year. specifically Ryan Clanton. Yeah. They're going to think about how do we they, how do they crush that traitor? They're going to be thinking about it all summer. As they always do. I mean, I, I've i told you this before, Kevin, but I don't think other people know. Like, I go to work every day, and I taught one of our sales guys was a kicker for UNI not too long ago. And he never talks about UNI. The only team he roots for, the only team he talks about, the team he brags about, the team that he just, like, worships is the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> like you kicked, you kicked for you and I. You just said I will sign on the dotted line. I am getting a full ride scholarship to play for you and I. And he does not care about you and I. He is a Hawkeye fan through and through. Yep, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you, were you, you playing can... Iowa twice? We're playing Iowa twice. We're playing the Iowa Rejects. We're playing their B team. They're JV team. We play <laughs> Iowa twice. We have two Cyhawks. It's just, so pathetic. I know it's an old argument, but could we put the UNI game in week three? Not in week one. Why Why week three? Because they honestly... All right. I mean, ideally, I'd rather not play them at all. Because it is a buy game. You're paying money for somebody who's a lesser opponent. Mm-hmm. And here they come and they play you. This one means something to them. <laughs> it means the world to them. But if they went and played Illinois, it wouldn't oh, feel the same for them. They wouldn't care. I Honestly, I would rather play Northern Illinois, and Illinois can play you and I, and we can both mow over our opponent in week one and figure <laughs> out how these – new players are fitting into in their new responsibilities. Instead, we get this type of rivalry game that you should just be mowing them down, but you're not going to because they're going to put more into this. And, if, and don't let them lie and say that they care more about a Missouri Valley conference game. No, they don't. <laughs> they care about they care about one game a year. Yeah, this is the one that's marked down. They're going to have everything drawn up. Spend all summer now 
working on this. And somehow Iowa only plays them once every decade, and we play them all the other nine years. We play them all the other times. Play them fine. Fine. We should be better than them. We should beat them. I mean, you see what happens. You see what happens when they put even a South Dakota State against Iowa, a team that, you know, they think that we should have been on this team because it's close. And those teams have a chip on their shoulder for all the other regional FBS teams because they're like, we should have been. I'm good enough. I'm better than those guys. I should have gotten my shot at one of those Big Ten schools. It's also bad against Nebraska with them, but they're like, yeah, we're going to play our hearts out. Iowa couldn't even score a touchdown against them. Now, now they, about, they they were a good team, but still. How about um, so week three we're on the road going to Ohio? How do we have many <laughs> more of those left on the books? I mean, th- th- these are all carryover from years gone. I think. Yeah, this is all. And yeah. I understand. I understand the idea behind it. I mean, <laughs> you're doing a home and home rather than paying somebody. But I would think in the year 2023. Iowa State would make more money by having a home gate, yeah, than uh, <laughs> than they would by traveling to the middle of Ohio to play a Missouri or not Missouri a MAC program. To me, it's just the it's the sentiment of it. The whole the whole like why we need to do this. It's to save money. It's like are are we the poverty program that people say that we are? Well, it's it's relative, right? Alabama is not going to Troy State University to play a that's, football. That's because Alabama happens to be in a in a much better TV revenue spot than Iowa State is. Yeah, but not it's not crazy. It's not it's not like we're pinching pennies. See, I think part of the Ohio thing is probably I mean, they schedule how many years in advance? Like who knows when that date was set? Oh yeah, I have no clue. I mean, that was probably in 2017, 2018, something like that. Maybe even before that, I have no idea. Maybe like right when Campbell was hired. I have no yeah. clue. Like, I don't blame. I, I actually admire the creativity that uh, that they have done on the scheduling with UNLV doing a home-and-home and, home and Tulane doing a home-and-home. Home. Mm-hmm. Like, at least those are destinations for people to want to go to instead of getting that extra home gate. I, I want to go to that game. I want to go to that game. I can't go to that game. I'm driving to Ohio. Oh yeah, I'm not going. To I'm Ohio. going to it. You Don't would. Make Ohio. Well, you're you're from <laughs> Ohio. I know. You're going home. Well, tell well, us how it went. I mean, I think primarily my family is just going to go tailgate because OU Athens, that place is a party place. So what is it? It's just it's just an excuse to drink for Iowa State fans. Well, I don't need much of one. Maybe yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Give. <laughs> tell me where the party is. I'll find you. Oh, yeah. And if, if we can't find you, we'll create our own. Speaking of creating our own party, where are you tailgating this year, Kevin? Well, not in tent row anymore. Not in tent row. Why's that? <laughs> I, I wish I would have held back all of my anger for this first show, but it's all been spent. So, we're moving to the Haunted Forest. Moving to Haunted Forest. Yeah, I'm curious to see how it goes. 
looking at a map anyways, it doesn't look so bad. Now I can finally put that bridge to good use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll be yeah. curious to see how many people who are used to parking in ABCD donor mm-hmm. land might end up joining our little section. I, I, I have a hard time believing that they're going to have room for as many people as that think that they're going to have a spot. Uh-huh. And you would think, I know in the month of June, that's when they do their allocations. You'll be hearing people starting to chirp a little bit when they get moved out of their spots. And oh, yeah. that's part of that's part of the move. That's part of the move. I, I I'll bash on Sightown all day long if anyone wants to listen to it. But oh yeah, we can save that for another day. No, we're doing that right now. <laughs> no, we're doing this right now because like I, I'm looking at those pictures, and people go like, "Oh, that parking lot looks cool." Does it? It looks like a parking lot. I what like a parking lot. What what I here's here's where I'm just gonna lead off. Let's go. Is let's preface this by ways of making additional revenue all sound great to me because Uh we we can use a leg up. I don't have the money bags to be just cutting checks, filling the nil coffers like. Uh, like some other programs seem to be able to do, mm-hmm. we do what we can, but not that's yeah. not that much. So the whole side town idea sounds great when you think about it real fast. When fans who don't regularly attend games think that it's great because it's going to look cool and it's going to be on TV and yes. will look so much better than the panning over to the shot of a cornfield being harvested that'll come anyways, because that's mm-hmm. just what TV networks do. Oh yeah. They'll show the whole row of people walking around and yep. where and it, with the stadium in the background and the sunset and be like, don't you wish you were here? Like, Let's pretend yeah. for a second that Sightown is completed this summer. Mm-hmm. Week two. We're hosting ah. Iowa. Oh, jeez. This is what gets me going. This is what gets me going. Why are fans, including myself, I get it. It's it's me. But there are other people, too, that are being displaced. Or their rates of rent are going up. <laughs> Why are we being moved so that you can set up a party network for the visiting fans? Exactly. I guarantee you. That Sidetown mm-hmm. will be black and gold when we host Iowa. It absolutely will be. And isn't you that fun, them, guys? Isn't that just great? I mean, yes. You gave them a place to congregate. You gave them a place to congregate. Why am I going to buy a $10 beer when I can just go to my cooler that's in the parking spot right next to it? Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. So so Sidetown <laughs> means nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Saitown means nothing to the regular season. And I think that is is a valid point. But at the same time, me coming from Cleveland, Ames has absolutely nothing compared to Cleveland and or Iowa City. And Mm. I think it will help bring in revenue and attraction to Ames itself, which we need and we need more things to do besides one bowling alley, a couple restaurants. And maybe it it will turn the restaurants and Openings and aims may turn vacant because they're going to want to move into Sidetown and stuff. 
But I think it'll be good because I'm pretty sure a movie theater is going in there and like bullying. It just gives more atmosphere for the college students and the families that live here. But here's the thing that so, I have to say, and I'll be yeah. quick. I'll be quick, Kevin. I'll be quick. Right. I used to live in Perry. Okay. Tiny town, 7,000 people. Nobody's moving in. Mo- nobody's moving out. They were they were thinking about getting a Walmart in Perry, but the people rejected it because they were like, that will just take away every other business in the town. There's only 7,000 people here. Nobody's moving in. Nobody's moving out. Like, that will just be the business in town. So if you if Ames was growing at an alarming rate, which it's not, it's growing, but not at an alarming rate. If it was growing at an alarming rate, I could understand why you need more business parks, more strip malls, more that, this, that. But it's not growing like that. You can't well, just induce economic growth like that. It doesn't happen. People need a reason to move there. No, I no, but I but I'm thinking. I guess I'm thinking of Sightown in a different way. So one, you think of it a game day, yeah, yeah. One, if if the idea of filling it with a clinic, a bowling alley, <laughs> and a movie theater, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that absolutely could have gone anywhere. Yeah. It, those those three types of business could have gone in the oh. grassy intramural fields right next to the stadiums. Any of that sort of thing. Oh yeah. Um, I it, it, I I understand. Uh, I I understand regular shopping to a degree. I understand restaurants to a degree. I understand having a condo condos and hotel above any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, that sort of makes sense. Other than now my mind starts going towards, well, where do you, where does, where does the staff park? Where do the visitors park on any of this stuff? Maybe they'll have garage under, in the underground. In your previous parking spot, Kevin. That's that's, that's the thing is like, I'm, I am absolutely not saying that it wouldn't be nice for Ames to have more amenities. What I'm getting back to is, are we just chipping away from the regular season ticket holding fans experience to make an extra buck? And when every time you chip and chip and chip and chip, your team better win that much more. Yep. Because I I've just heard from too many people who have been longtime fans and maybe some of them were thinking about not being fan or being regular ticket holders anyways, maybe due to health reasons money, what have you, it, different reasons for different people. But when you keep chipping and peeling, then you're making those decisions easier for these people. And it is easy just to flip the game on on TV. Watch the game. Maybe you're at a bar this time. Maybe you're at a friend's house next time. Maybe you're doing a backyard neighborhood thing uh, for one of the big games. Like, that sounds easy and doable. <sighs> I, I don't want to be the guy that just shits on side town all day. <laughs> I, I, I think there's more to it than what some people who are blindly saying that, yes, this is great for us. Are yes. Thinking. I mean, like everyone's yeah. opinions are valid, but like student mm-hmm. perspective, it's so close to campus because like sorority and Greek circle, that's literally like a block away and they can easily just walk. And like, yes, the parking and the commuting is might be a little, too much and a little complicated but well i mean i guess we'll have to see what happens because oh yeah they're, they're 
they're not going to stop because of me and and I don't know how it's going to turn out until I see it because I yep. I can't see into the future. I don't think I can anyways. See <laughs> I guess me and Kevin care about six weekends, seven weekends a year. Maybe eight if we're lucky. When we come to the game, we're coming. We're going to meet up with friends before the game. Our friends are not going to meet up at Sidetown. We're meeting up in wherever the tailgate is because we have a designated party spot. Mm-hmm. We'll be drinking with our friends. We'll look over. We'll go, why do we need a drink? Get a $12 beer in a packed restaurant when it takes forever to get a beer when we can just crack one right here. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think it'll it'll be uh it'll be a good landing spot for people that come to maybe one game a year or something like that. Maybe the whole they don't point of my come to that that often. I don't know about you. I like eating a halfway decent hot dog in a parking lot for a game because I know I can have five of them. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like I don't care about my caloric intake on day game day. I'm not thinking about it at all. I'm thinking about how much food can I shove in my face. And let's have a couple of beers, four or five beer, um, maybe more than that. But well, it's, <laughs> like, it's a long day. Town is going to be black and gold the second week of the season every other season. It's That's... going to be black and gold because when they come here, they used to say, oh, meet us by blah, blah, blah. Meet us in this parking lot. Now it's just going to be meet us at Town. Meet us at Town. It's right by the stadium. We can go. We can get a seat. We can have blah, blah, blah. We don't need to mess around in the tailgate. Meet us at Town. Every other team that comes here in the Big 12 is going to know, oh, now they have this big Town project. That was fun last time we went there. Remember when we went there and we got the blah, blah, blah? Let's yeah. just go back there again. Because people are creatures of habit. They're going to do the same thing over and over again. When they see that there's a big place for them to congregate and shops and food, they're going to go there. Because everybody's gonna go buy a nick yeah. everybody's gonna go buy a knickknack to remember the time where they went to Ames. And then when they get to that the place to buy the knickknack, they're gonna go, Oh, let's go stop and get something to eat. And that's and then they're gonna be like, Oh, that was good. And that's the only place they're gonna go every single time they come up here. So and every single time they pan and they show the walkway leading up to the stadium for that those pregame shots it's going to be blue and gold when west virginia comes green and gold when baylor comes black and gold when when iowa comes i mean thank god texas is leaving well that and that's just it is is, i i think it, it may be more pronounced honestly when the other teams are coming than iowa be just because iowa fans are our neighbors and friends too and so they we kind of just have a blended thing, but I, I do see that being if any Iowa State fan thinks that they're going to go look at it on TV or in a camera shot or or just walking down it and see a bunch of their like minded cyclone pals with them, that's not going to be the case necessarily. And that's not all, I guess, whatever. It's not all that bad. We've just found another way to open another team's wallet into filling our coffers. So maybe that's all right in that sense. I could just, I'm, I'm already prepping for that first game. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. Yeah, that's a, it Probably going to play you and I. <laughs> Probably. Probably. They'll, like, be, they'll be filling the place in black and gold. Because, I mean, I've tailgated with 
all sorts of people. I've tailgated with your friends and family, Kevin. I've tailgated with a bunch of people. Anyone over 60 who's been a lifer at Iowa State is not going to side now. <laughs> they might go there once to, like, look around. They're not hanging out in Sidetown. They couldn't care less about it. That's not why they're a fan. If they've been coming to these games for the past 30, 40 years, they remember terrible football, but they fell in love with the tailgate. They fell in love and coming and playing with friends. They don't care about a stupid Sidetown. That's not going to get their rocks off by like, hey, no, they're coming back to relive the memories that they have been living for 40 years. Yeah, and, coming to football games. Well, and and, and maybe this is just, I, I, I don't know. I, I've got this this creeping idea just popping in that has been anyways this last year or so, where that the, there may be this switch. You know, you you look at other college facilities mm-hmm. that have programs that win more than they lose. And yeah. their and their game day amenities outside of this outside of the game are not very good at all. Nebraska. Yeah, you can go on down the list. It's just mm-hmm. not it's not as it's not built for you to just spend the day and enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And Florida. Yeah. For me, going to an Iowa State game is spending the day and enjoying myself. The game is part of it. But it and, might not be part of it. Well, and so that's just it. Like I, you I've might leave at halftime. I've been kind of dealing with this this thing in the back of my mind, where it's like, am I it, it, am I being pushed out because I'm not having as much fun to make way for someone else who's just going to have as much fun as I used to doing the new thing, you know? And that's and that is what it is. Not trying to get super serious on yeah, but the people who should <laughs> the people who should matter the most are the people who have been here through thick and thin. Well, yeah, but I don't <laughs> I, I don't pay as well as the Sitown does. Yeah, but you <laughs> we don't have we don't have crazy CEOs in this fan base. We don't have FedEx like Memphis. Do you think that do you think that, that would change now that I mean he, God willing we keep we keep up an average of if we could average eight wins a season, you yeah. know, yeah, like as much as I don't like talking about how things have gone for Iowa fans, like yeah. you, you on a bad year you win six games, on a good year what you win ten games, mm-hmm. but most likely you're somewhere in that seven eight wins every single season. Yep. What do you think that would do for your donor base? I don't see. This is the thing. Your donor base is your donor base. It's what you have to work with. No, 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 no. Because there's plenty of wealthy people that come out of Iowa State University every year. Oh, yeah. Did they have fun watching a winner when they were in school? I think that has a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah. No, it does. It does. And and our best years have come, what, in the last 10 years? Mm -hmm. Last probably four years, to be honest. Yeah, and so the, these people that are graduating out of the 2020 class, they don't got the money yet, and so I, I I think there's a lot to do with that. But I, I don't know. 
the thing about the donors is um can you hear me yeah i can hear you now yeah the thing about the donors is i i'm sure we do have very wealthy donors and all that you do need to win you really do need to win but what you have as a donor base is what you have as a donor base it's not like we can just go oh we need a billionaire like we need to go find a billionaire to donate to us it's not really like that you really kind of you got to produce one from the school or you have to have one that's been a fan for for life maybe they didn't go to school but they've been a fan for life mm-hmm. or they live in, they live really close in the area and they really love the team you don't you don't have like it's not like professional sports though they don't get an ownership of the team it's not like they can just put money into it and now it makes business sense for them you need to right. find no, these are, these are just people burning their money up these are people burning their money because they love the team mm-hmm. and they want the team to do well you need to find people who love the team and want the team to do well and they also have to see the results to do that they also have to go hey you're winning eight to ten games every year and in that sense, I suppose I can understand. I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. Of, I'm thinking of the condos in Sidetown. Mm-hmm. That may be. Who knows what the rate is on those? Yeah, but that may be one of those deals where it's like, all right, I am getting a direct benefit by paying this. I don't know. I but here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. Any donor like that, though. Any donor like that is flying in on their private jet in the morning to the Ames airport and they're going to the game quick and then they're flying out. That's it. They're not staying at a condo in Sightown. No. No, they're not staying at a condo in Sightown. They're flying in on private jets, flying out. Well, why not? No. Maybe it's a night game. You got to learn how to be rich, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like rich rich <laughs> but, I, I yeah. love the opportunity yeah but uh they're no they're heading out they go back to florida or texas or wherever they're from they're flying out that night maybe you might have a good old boy who stays overnight made his made his money in farming maybe he'll stay overnight and whatever but no a lot of the a lot of the really really wealthy type they're flying out that night all right guys that's our show <laughs> Oh we hate Sightown. We love the Cyclones. <laughs> it's yeah. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.